Welcome, Nationals fans, to episode number 27 of the Curly W Live podcast. My name is Kyle Brostowitz, and I'm coming to you from the Curly W Live studios here at Municipal Stadium in Hagerstown, Maryland, the home of the Hagerstown Suns. Remember, you can listen to the podcast through our blog, which is curlyw.mlblogs.com, or through iTunes and art19.com. Search uh, Washington Nationals Podcasts. You can also find the podcasts on other platforms, including Blueberry, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast FM, Player FM, Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podknife, Radio public and stitcher so like i mentioned uh the studios today are here in hagerstown maryland home of the hagerstown suns we sat down with their manager patrick anderson and left-handed pitcher tim kate patrick is in his seventh season as manager in washington system his sixth with hagerstown his first was with the gcl nationals um, which we'll talk about in his interview and he's had tremendous success as a manager not only posting a really strong winning percentage over the years but also has had a hand in the development of a lot of uh, the Nationals players that have risen through the system and have even played in the big leagues. As for Tim, uh, he was a second round selection in the 2018 first year player draft out of UConn. Um, he was Washington's second pick. He entered the season ranked as Washington's number six prospect by Baseball America and to this point is at a great season for the Suns. So we wanted to take advantage of an opportunity to come up here to Hagerstown and talk to each guy, both Patrick Anderson and Tim Kate. So let's get right to it. Episode 27 of the Curly W Live podcast. Enjoy. And welcome to the Curly W Live Studios, Patrick Anderson, the manager of the Single A Hagerstown Suns. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, let us come up here and hang out with you for a little bit. As I always say, the, the studios for the podcast are wherever that microphone is. So right now we're here uh, in your office. Which, again, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out. You guys just hit PP and you got a 7 p.m. game tonight. So thanks for uh, inviting me in. Love to have some hospitality here in good old Hagerstown. <laughs> hey, it's good to, good to make the drive up here. So we're going to get to you specifically in a moment. A um, little bit about your history, your coaching past, um, you know, how you got to kind of where you are. Um, but, you know, we're here. You guys got a game tonight. So how how's the 2019 season gone for you so far? It's going really well. I mean, we have a lot of young players and, you know, really more more so new guys to the, to the organization. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun from seeing a lot of fresh new faces and guys really being excited to be here and in their first full season. That's really a big challenge here, you know, at our level is getting these guys used to, you know, come right out of spring training, you know, and not really used to the full season of 140 games and, and getting them ready to go for that and traveling on the buses. Our travel is crazy. So, yeah, uh, south of, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> but, um, you know, for the most part, it's, it's been really, really good. Uh, you know, the staff's been outstanding, and our, our, our group of kids have been outstanding. Mm-hmm. We did a great job with our draft and, and the makeup of these players. So how do you get guys ready for that grind, for the, for the 140 games, for – the transition from maybe the GCL or the New York Penn League to now here you are, 140 games, tough travel. What what's your philosophy and your staff's philosophy in getting these guys ready? Well, the biggest thing for us is is all the work they've done in the GCL and, and in Auburn really kind of allowed us to be able to get into what we need to get into. In other words, mm-hmm. you know, like our, our routines and stuff like that, and just really get them on a, a normalcy, I guess you could say, and um, you know, just getting them prepared every single day. Like you said, we already taking BP and our mm-hmm. early work and. And they've done that in all our Auburn and GCL. So we, we're pretty consistent with that. The biggest thing is just responding after long ro- road trips and mm-hmm. kind of get an idea about that. So that's a little bit of adjustment. But we've been trying to get those bodies and those minds right. Uh, so a couple of your players that I kind of want to talk about uh, with you because you're the expert and you're the, you're the manager, you're the leader. And looking at the stats, a guy, um, Gilbert Laura, uh, who we got last year in a trade from Milwaukee, 
Um, looks to me like he's he's found his power stroke a little bit this year. Tell me a little bit about him and what he's what he's done this year and the kind of the steps that he's taken. The real neat thing about uh, Gil, Gilly Gilbert is he uh, he's an unbelievable defender. Mm-hmm. He's really really good. He's he's not the fastest kid in the world, but he gets off the ball really really well and uh, he makes plays up the middle to the left right. He can play some third and shortstop. Is he's a rangy type of mm-hmm. kid. He's really tall. Um, lanky and uh, you know the biggest thing is I heard his his bat was a little bit lacking in the last few years and I think he's kind of turned a little corner and I think it's a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. coming over here and, and not saying anything bad with the Brewers organization but it, just kind of a new start and some new voices and 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 we really like him he comes to the ballpark every single day and he's great with those Latin kids mm-hmm. and you know his English is really outstanding so we're really excited for what he's done so far here what have you seen from him at the plate that's kind of allowed him to take that next step this year? You know, the biggest Especially thing, a power stroke. Yeah, you know, he's, he's got some pop. You know, the biggest thing, he's on time, and, he, and he's had a pretty good idea because he was in the low A last year for a little while. So the experience there has helped him jumpstart himself into this year. And I think the biggest thing for us is that he hits the ball to all fields. Mm-hmm. He's had some pop to right center, which is really impressive for a big kid like that. And for him to be able to stay on the ball. And our hitting coach, Amari, has done a really good job with him so far. Pitcher on your staff, Yon Adone. Looks to me like his last four starts have been really good. Um, I guess what has stood out to you about him this season and, um, like I said, the last four or five starts that have been really solid? You know, we everybody does comps. They always, you know, compare a, a big leaguer, and they're always trying to find big leaguers that are – I've seen so many big leaguers like this young man. He, he's mm-hmm. got a big league arm, um, really strong kid. Um, you know, we had an outing. You know, early on it was cold and he was scuffling a little bit. <laughs> it was he couldn't feel his fingers. And, you know, coming from a Dominican, that's a I guess that's a change to too from the GCL to very, coming up here. Very much so. So he, you know, he dealt with that, but I thought he was real professional. And our pitching coach, Mac Jenkins, has done an <laughs> unbelievable job with these guys. But to get back to um, Joan, he's done a great job of being a professional and his warm up, mm-hmm. his, his routine before the game, has prepared himself for the game. His, he's got an electric fastball. He's got a, he's got a wipeout slider. And he's starting to develop a changeup, which is really what we need at this mm-hmm. level to prepare himself for higher up. So, you know, his stuff has been really, really good. Um, his command starting to come along, and, and really his mental preparation has been unbelievable for a young player. Is that something that he's developed recently, or did he come into this game with that? I know a lot of young players, whether it's college or um, you know teenagers that we sign, some of them just have it from the start. Um, was he one of those guys, or has he kind of developed it a little bit? I think he has the mentality. It's just he's never started before. Mm-hmm. You know, he was coming out of relief the last few years. So, you know, we're really excited to be able to see what he's done. And he's uh, – Mac turned to me, and Mac's been in the big leagues for the last eight, ten years mm-hmm. with Cincinnati. And and we were in Asheville, a really small ballpark. And, and wind was blowing out before. And, you know, all these things these young pitchers right. and players have a hard time with at times. And, mm-hmm. and this kid was a professional. He goes, Patrick, that was the most professional warm-up I've seen in a long time. Really? And to, to hear that from such a young person, mm-hmm. you know, or to, about a young person mm-hmm. from a guy that's been around for so mm-hmm. long, I think it was a, such a positive sign. And he dealt. He, he went six strong shutout innings in a, a band back, mm-hmm. band box of a ballpark. And, uh, you know, he fed onto that. He's got his ups and downs, but, I mean, mm-hmm. he's done a really, really good job, and I think he's progressing every single day. It's good to hear. Uh, who do you have on the mound tonight? Oh, we got uh, we got Francis Peguero. Okay. Um, He's, I don't want to jinx anybody, but he's been doing pretty good, <laughs> yeah. pretty well lately. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's been exciting to be able to watch. He throws strikes, mm-hmm. and you know, he's, he's able to work from behind a little bit with his breaking ball and his, and his changeup. So he, he does a lot of things. He, he commands both sides of the plate. He adds the tracks, and, and he just has this moxie about himself that, that it's fun to be able to watch, and, and guys love playing defense behind him. And there's uh, your catcher, Israel Pineda. 
correct? Yes, he, yes. He's, he, he's, he was out a little bit at the start of the year, and now he's kind of come back yeah. strong these last couple weeks. Yeah, and he's he's getting himself back in the routine. Again, <laughs> these poor kids, they, they're not used to the cold yeah, weather. I so can see I'm that, not yeah. using that as an excuse. <laughs> but, you know, there's been a lot of times those guys are wearing those headgears, and, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, not know what to do when they can't feel their <laughs> fingers. But, I mean, he's, he's turned it on in the last week or so. Um, you know, swinging the bat mm-hmm. and really kind of getting into a groove. And, and defensively, he's really stepped it up a little mm-hmm. bit. He's had some miscues early on, but that's a part of him. He's 18, 19 right. years old. So right. we're excited about him. It's good to hear. So now we're going to have uh, Tim Kate next on the podcast. So let's dive deep into him. Um, obviously, I want to talk to his manager first before we talk to him. Really, really strong start to the year, um, at least by looking at his game logs. Obviously, you, you're the expert again. Um, Second, uh, second year in the organization, um, definitely took a step this year, it seems like, from last year to this year. So uh, let's start with that, kind of what has his transition been like from, again, getting drafted last year and then uh, a year in the system and then coming here to start? I was really impressed from last year to this year, and usually you see that. Those guys are just getting in their, their feet wet in this, the organization, and he came up here for the last few starts. And seeing him from last year to this year, the maturity has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is his – we all know he's got a really good break, break right, ball. That's right. really why we drafted yeah, him. Yeah, so I'm um, excited to talk to him about that. <laughs> exactly. But the cool thing is, is that his changeup's really developed and mm-hmm. his fastball commands. He's starting to work really inside mm-hmm. on right-handers. Um, he's able to get both sides of the plate, which is which is huge. But his mentality's starting to get better and better each mm-hmm. outing. So that's been a positive thing. And like I said, I'm, I'm real biased towards Mac and what he's mm-hmm. done with this young man from day one in spring mm-hmm. training. And um, really, it's been great to be able to see him pitch without his stuff sometimes. Oh, really? When his breaking ball isn't as sharp, he he gets on that changeup and he's learning to locate the fastball, mm-hmm. and that's been really impressive for him. What's the what's the next step for him? You know, it's, for me, it's just game experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's done a better job with controlling the running game. Um, he's been really working hard on that to be able to mm-hmm. control the running game, but yet have quality towards you know to hitters mm-hmm. and, and be able to have quality. In, at the plate, but um, for the most part, I think it's just getting more reps and uh, getting some certain situations and see how he deals deals with it. The other day, his last outing was he gave up a four spot on, on some tough defensive mm-hmm. plays and just some nickel and diming hits, and and he, uh, he 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 threw 39 pitches the next four, four or five innings total. Yeah. Oh and, wow. And it was he carved them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it did it showed the maturity of him dealing with that first rough inning, and then he came back and gave us a chance to win a mm-hmm. ball game. You mentioned a couple of times uh, your pitching coach, Mac Jenkins. Uh, he has big league experience. Um, what does he bring to your staff and with these players? How, how has this year gone so far, and um, what's your relationship like with him? He's off the chart, the best yeah. pitching coach I've been around in wow. 20 years. Okay. And, and, and I say that uh, I've been fortunate where I was in another organization for about nine years mm-hmm. in college, and this man is really, really good. He, he prepares guys. He's, he's up to date with regards to all the analytics. Mm-hmm. He's helped me and Amari, our hitting coach, out. Oh, really? immensely okay. um you know preparing for a game and what they do in the big leagues mm-hmm. and, and we prepared ourselves better mm-hmm. and we have communication every day about every little thing and, and just mm-hmm. he's been a mentor to me so yeah. far and, and these kids they just love being around him he's just one of those guys that just you know he's unassuming and mm-hmm. and pretty quiet at times but <laughs> really when you listen to the information it's off the chart on point every mm-hmm. time has he taken kind of the major league approach to this position, um, or does he have to kind of pull back the reins a little bit and um, change maybe his verbiage or his approach because the guys are obviously a lot younger? Well, I don't want to get into too much of it, but <laughs> to start off with, his first road trip on a bus, which he hasn't done in a while, and he had to cl- carry his own bag. Okay. It was kind of a little bit of a wake-up call. <laughs> that's fair. That's back. fair. But to, to feed off of that, yeah. um, 
you know, he's very consistent mm -hmm. in his, his, I would say his big league approach mm -hmm. is just being consistent with the message in mm -hmm. every single day. And that's what he's helped me out with. Um, with communicating to the players, he tells them straight up. And, and it's, it's one of the things I really enjoy. He doesn't, you know, mess around with, with saying certain things, mm -hmm. different way, play with people's mind. He tells them straight up what's going right. on. And, and the kids really respect that. Um, he tells them how it is in the big leagues, and they respond to it because they know he's been right. there. All right, so a little bit about you now. Um, your seventh season in the organization. Uh, your sixth up here with Hagerstown. So you've had a lot of success in both winning percentage, obviously, and then developing players. Um, we've had a lot of big leaguers come through Hagerstown. We Nationals fans see on a nightly basis. Um, so for you, and I asked Mark Slavo about this, uh, I asked Randy Noor, Maddie Lee Croy, your your philosophy on balancing winning and developing. Where do you stand? What is your, what are your approaches? Um, you know, let's get into that a little bit. I've learned a lot with this. Mm -hmm. uh, in my first year, really fortunate, where we had an you know, awesome team in GCL. Right, the GCL. It was the famous GCL team. <laughs> unbelievable. I sat back, and I, and I learned a lot from mm -hmm. not just that, that year or the year after. We had a really good year as well mm -hmm. um, here at Hagerstown. But just the, leason, the, the seasons that we, we've had losing mm -hmm. seasons. Yeah in developing players and trying to be as consistent as possible. I wasn't consistent and I and I learned from mm -hmm. that from the players and you know from the older managers like you know in our rovers they, they really came in and, and helped me out mm -hmm. understand you need to be able to teach what you're given and then be able to enhance each guy because right. you know winning a ball game is what we want mm -hmm. but be able to teach these kids what they need to do on a daily mm -hmm. basis. And it was it was rough, you know, for some of those seasons. <laughs> Early on, it was right. great. You sit back. There's so many games. Exactly yeah. right. It makes the message a little bit easier. Right. But it challenges you as a, a person, as a coach, to be able to get to those players even when you're losing some mm -hmm. ball games. And and the minor league levels, guys move up and down. It's hard to really keep that constant mm -hmm. regards to winning games. Right. But keeping a, a consistency of what the work they need to be able to do mm -hmm. is something that I've learned a lot. And. And like I said, it's just being even keel, and that's what Mac is really right. been great to me. And Randy and Randy Norris helped me out a lot. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really know it, but he does. <laughs> and and all those guys that really helped me out, like you know, Doug has really right. been great to me. So the point of this whole mm -hmm. thing, without rambling on, is just I've learned through the last seven years of just trying to be as consistent mm -hmm. as possible and preparing these kids with the same mentality, whether you're winning ball games or not. Is there any development story of a player that you're particularly proud of that you know? You guys just put in so much work, and you know, he may have come from nothing to, to make it, or, or maybe didn't make it, or but he gave it everything he had. Is there is there kind of one story over the years that you really kind of hang your head on? There, there's a few of them. The the, the the one that really I enjoy was Wil Wilmer Deep. Right. Is, is he had some struggles mentally mm -hmm. early on in his career, and he came all the way back to me in the GCL, mm -hmm. and then I had him the next year, and he was the MVP of the the league. And it wasn't so much me; it, mm -hmm. it was just. I learned to communicate to a different type of young man and different mm -hmm. type of personality, and he just happened to take it and run with it. So I learned a lot from different personalities and, and mm -hmm. just seeing how he was. But um, you know, I, I learned a lot from him, mm -hmm. and and just seeing him up there and having an opportunity to take care of his mom was mm -hmm. a really special thing right. for us. But you know, to be honest with you, there's so many kids that right. come through here that you can be able to touch in their lives mm -hmm. and, and help them out. It's it's, it's an amazing experience. Now your path. Uh to where we are right now isn't isn't the typical former professional player turns coach turns manager um so let's talk a little bit about your path and, and kind of how you got here today you know i gave your uh, your bio in the intro of the podcast so you don't have to get too in depth but you know kind of what, what what was the starting point for you and, and were there any uh, well i guess we'll start there what was like this the starting point where i want to coach professional baseball or college baseball because that is where you started but mm -hmm. what was the start for you 
Well, I played independently ball for mm-hmm. a little while, and then uh, you know after that, I had a chance to be able to help out coach Division Two school mm-hmm. in Erie, Pennsylvania, where it snowed the other way. It didn't More snow. snow. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> but I, I learned from there that just helping somebody out was, was was really something I enjoyed. And then you know I was fortunate where I got into college and I was mm-hmm. assistant coach there for three years, and then I got to know Allard Baird. Allard Baird was um, mm-hmm. he was the GM with the the Royals, and he actually kind of liked me as a player. <laughs> And um, he told me that, you know, he gave me an opportunity as a part-time hitting uh, coach down in GCL for the Royals. And, and then he just opened up his arms and gave me an opportunity. I sat there and listened, and I didn't say a word. I mm-hmm. listened and learned, and, and I got to be able to be in that organization for eight, nine years. And, and I just listened. I listened and listened and, and, and was around all the older guys that's been around the game for a mm-hmm. long time. And then, you know, I, was, I thought I could be able to get back into college. I was going to hang out with my wife. And then I, <laughs> And then she was like, what are you thinking coming back up to the Northeast and freezing your butt off? So, you know, after three years as head coach, I learned a lot from that situation. And I was fortunate where I got back with the, with the Nationals. It was between the Nationals and the Yankees. And, and I decided to, uh, to, to manage and give that, give that a chance. And I was really excited. The, the organization has mm-hmm. embraced me, and it's, it's been great. And, and, like, to get into my style, it's not really so much mine. It's, I love being aggressive. Like, right. I kind of like a young player in a sense of coach wise or managing wise. I, I love seeing guys go and go mm-hmm. and we steal bases and we're maybe a little bit out of control. But, <laughs> but for the most part, I think at this level they can learn. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I'm really fortunate to where when I came here, they allowed me to do mm-hmm. that. And now they're teaching me what, you know, what we can do at the higher levels. And, mm-hmm. and so it can prepare these guys not to be a wild abandoned out of control, <laughs> so to speak. So it's been really cool. Now, were there any, uh, coaches along the way that you kind of worked with or like that um you could call mentors or or someone who really like really really impacted you throughout whether it was in Kansas City organization or an organization um you know who who were those guys oh I I was I don't know I'm 46 years old and and what I would do is I would be around the older guys Mm -hmm. you know like a there's a guy named Joe Jones he's been around you know minor league and major league baseball for he was 30 40 years Ron Clark was an infield coordinator um Schaefer um, mm-hmm. Bob Schaefer, Bob he's, he's yep. with us now, and he was with Kansas City. And I would just sit down and listen to those mm-hmm. guys and, and ask questions. And they they would love my questions because so many other people would never ask mm-hmm. those type of questions. But, um, you know, those guys are really big and influential. A guy named John Miserock, he was, you know, first-rounder from Punxsutawney, and he was okay. with the Kansas City Royals. He managed a little bit in the big leagues, but he's been around with the Phillies mm-hmm. everywhere. And, um, you know, he really took a liking to me. He was kind of like Rain Man. He always okay. remembered stuff. and. I watched him manage, and, and he would never forget certain situations, and he mm-hmm. made me open my mind to watching the game in a different way. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was just real fortunate with those. And, and Bobby Henley, mm-hmm. um, my first year, he kind of took me under his wing and, and how he carried himself and, and how organized he was in his mind and, and how he communicated. It made me the best version of myself, and I'll never forget what he's done for me there. All right, now we'll end on this. Um, you mentioned your wife, so she's a softball coach. She's at University of Missouri now, right? Yes. So, um, what I guess what's kind of that dynamic like um, in terms of having, you know, having your your wife be be a coach? And and as I as I say this, I kind of you're all those different sports and different genders, but you're you kind of um, managing the same aged humans, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a way. You know, freshmen are eighteen years old, uh, seniors are twenty two, twenty three, and yeah. That's kind of your your age bracket here, the guys you got in that clubhouse. So, so what what are your your, your baseball slash softball relationship like? Your your managing coaching relationship like? 
Well, it's funny. I mean, whenever she actually sees or hears certain parts of our game, she she gets on me all the time. <laughs> Your outfitters need to have better drop steps, and and I'm like, gosh, she knows way too much, and she should. But um, you know, our conversation is a lot different at dinner yeah. tables than other people. Yeah. You know, it's just really communicating to players, and she does a really good job of being consistent and organizing mm-hmm. her mind. She's a lot more organized than me. She mm-hmm. she gets all ticked off that I don't clean up after myself at home sometimes <laughs> but she's like at work you're the most organized guy right. i've ever been around right. ever. but the point is is that you know we we have conversations on how we can communicate to these new millennials mm-hmm. and and i think it's a big challenge now and just you know how we need to be able to adapt and that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things i've learned um from her and, and from her situation from being at hofstra and now at mm-hmm. zoo and dealing with different people so it's mm-hmm. it's been a plus and positive that we're in the same type of industry mm-hmm. i guess you could say and, and hopefully can be able to get myself better with that nice well pa thank you for your time i know you got a game to get ready for tonight but i uh, appreciate the 20 minutes you spent here and uh good luck tonight awesome thank you sir all right welcome to the curly w live studios tim kate uh, left-handed pitcher for the hagerstown suns like i've always said the curly w live studios are wherever we are so we're hanging out um watching the Canapolis intimidators pit, uh, hit bp and hanging out in lovely Hagerstown. So, Tim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Some updated stats for Tim. Uh, after pitching the other day, 3-3, three and 2-6-3 three, three ERA, 55 strikeouts and 51 innings, uh, two twelve opponents average. So, um, it looks like you've kind of taken a step this year after joining us last year after the 2018 draft. Um, so, big picture, kind of what have been some of your keys to success so far uh, in 2019? Um, I would say... Uh, I felt pretty comfortable towards the end of spring training, just mm-hmm. um, coming back. Just uh, some, we made some uh, a, a few mechanical tweaks mm-hmm. in spring training. Um, just trying to stay closed a little longer and, and get get um, some some better extension. But um, I'd say some keys for me would be would be just honing in on the uh, fastball location. Mm-hmm. Um, my best outings are when I can command mm-hmm. the fastball in on righties and also. Um, get some of that natural sink on my two seam mm-hmm. and then just complement it with the changeup and, and curveball but um um yeah I mean just just the fastball location has been huge and, and keeping it down in the zone um with with the track van and kind of uh I think the rap sodas mm-hmm. and stuff that we've been looking at um lower spin rate guys okay. kind of work, tend to work better down in the zone and, and get better get uh get more ground balls so mm-hmm. that's kind of a focus that that we've that's been brought to my attention and, mm. and something that I'm trying to um, kind of explore. Okay. And um, but yeah, yeah, everything I, I, I've been feeling pretty good so far. Now there's two um, kind of adjustments I think you've you have to make at your point in your career. Um, so the first is um, last year the adjustment from from college ball to pro ball. Right. Um, and then I actually just talked to Patrick a lot about this. Um, and he actually mentioned you pitching inside more as a key for you. So it gives you guys are on the same page on that. Yep. Um, but then the other adjustment is for a lot of you guys going from short season ball um, to the 140 game season in the South Atlantic League. So right. let's talk a little bit about those two adjustments. Start with college to the pro ball pro game last year. Yeah, I mean it's different. You're definitely facing um, more advanced hitters, mm-hmm. um, and I think I think my numbers weren't as good as I wanted them to be mm-hmm. coming into pro ball. But um, I mean I, I, it was a good experience just just coming into pro mm-hmm. ball and, and trying to just trying to figure my right. way out and, and kind of see what it's all about and um and and so far to the start of the season i, I feel pretty comfortable mm-hmm. in it and um what you're saying about the the five day rotation right. kind of coming in in college we're, we're in a seven day rotation right. and 
crow ball. It's a five-day right, rotation. Right. Um, I think I think it's just a, a, a big key that has helped me out so far mm-hmm. is um, like just just really really work out hard in the off season and then and and, and give yourself the best uh, chance for success coming into spring training and and start the year off and then and, and be strong as possible and then on top of that. Um, just just finding out a routine that works mm-hmm. for you early on in spring training right. and carry it over from spring training into into the season and and so far I'm pretty happy with my routine mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'm hoping to keep it going. Well, it should be you've had a pretty strong start to the season. Um, so give fans a little bit. We might look at your baseball reference page or, or your, your your game logs, but give us the scouting report on Tim Kate. Um, what are what what would see we what would we see if we came see you pitch and and who are you as a pitcher? Um. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's, it's, it's you can str- be humble. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a strange question asking yeah. somebody what what they think about themselves. Right. But um, I mean, I like to pitch in okay. in on righties, and uh, also I'll go in on lefties mm-hmm. as well. But I'd say my glove side fastball is the most comfortable mm-hmm. pitch for me. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna blow up the gun with 95 right. and 96, but um, I, I I try and I I I, I would say um, location would be would be a big part for me just because I don't blow up the gun and um, also changing speeds uh, every so often that's that's a big part of my game too so um, I, I, I think uh, what what I've gotten better at this season is reading reading hitters and, okay. and kind of adapting to know what pitches to throw um, so if I throw a fastball in on a righty and he fouls it off to the first base side I know he's late so I'm not going to throw him a change up or an off speed right. pitch to speed up his back kind of kind of little things, things like that little things like that that have have kind of helped me mm-hmm. in my success early on and and it's um so yeah i mean mm-hmm. just just changing speeds um the change has been been pretty pretty good as mm-hmm. of late okay. um that, that's another pitch that i was trying to develop mm-hmm. in the off season and in, and in spring training so okay um just just working on being a complete pitcher there's still a lot to work mm-hmm. on but right, for sure and then the curveball um i guess that's my specialty right. pitch um I've I've always felt comfortable mm-hmm. throwing that even in college and um, even though I'm not throwing it as much now because I'm focusing on other mm-hmm. parts of my game like uh, it's 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 still there and that's my strikeout pitch. Okay, so. now let's. Uh, I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit because the reputation of your curveball is pretty strong, um, right. especially coming out of the draft last year. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what's what's the shape of it? Uh, twelve six. Twelve six. Okay. Maybe eleven five. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier about spin rate analytics. Are you into the spin rate, especially curveball spin rate, and looking a lot of, at that and kind of, you know, uh, judging your, your your curveball based on that? I mean, not not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I'm I'm more of a fan of just seeing how the pitches come out in the okay. pen. Like I feel like I don't need a, a machine to tell me when <laughs> when my pitches are sharp and right, when they're right. not. But um. I mean, I, I the, it's it's definitely a tool mm-hmm. to it's 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 a feedback tool and it kind of helps you be more consistent mm-hmm. and um, we we pair it up with video right. so if you see one pitch has a certain spin mm-hmm. rate and you you go back and look at the video mm-hmm. maybe your extension's out a little further okay. and it kind of manipulates the ball mm-hmm. a little differently so it it helps it helps in that case mm-hmm. but um I I I'm I'm more of just more of a mechanical type of person mm-hmm. kind of really feel my body in sync and usually when I'm feeling good and and can replicate or can replicate mm-hmm. um like when when I'm in sync right. usually usually my pitches are are what I want them to okay. be uh who taught it to you 
Um, I want to say my dad, but it was it, it was it was a, a combination mm-hmm. of just being comfortable with it. Um, I think he started out telling me to throw like a football grip. Okay. Like I don't know, there's all those all those different thoughts like, on how to different do it. Different thoughts, yeah, for like sure. they're trying to say like young kids mm-hmm. not throw curveballs anymore. Right. I don't I don't really have a stance on that. Right. I just know <laughs> that I started throwing mine early. Okay. And um, it, it's it's felt comfortable mm-hmm. pretty much ever since. Um, okay. And ever since I can remember, it's been a swing and miss pitch. Do you study uh, any big leaguers like a Clayton Kershaw or Gio Gonzalez or any any of those guys, especially lefties that have um, you know the top end curveballs and try to pick up anything or learn from them or at least kind of see what they're doing? Um, not really. Uh, I th- I I find it more important to kind of understand what my strengths mm-hmm. are okay. and and work as a player because s- some people might try and replicate mm-hmm. uh, like an ace on a staff yeah. but if it's not natural it's right. not going to come to them so um i i, I try and feel what what's best for me mm-hmm. and and wh- what works best for me so a, a, a lot of what i'm learning right now is learning myself mm-hmm. and um and just seeing seeing what works for me right. um def- so yeah okay. I, w- I would say um just just focus on myself on like okay. obviously like you can look at certain guys mm-hmm. see how they throw pitches and stuff but at the end of the day you have to you have to implement right. it to yourself, yourself and yeah. and you might find that something else works better mm-hmm. than if you're trying to copy mm-hmm. copy uh like clayton kershaw's right. curveball or something <laughs> like that um one thing about yourself that i, I did notice from your logs you've only allowed two home runs this year yeah uh, they were both in the same start was yeah. that kind of a point of emphasis for you this season or is it just I don't want to jinx you or anything, or but <laughs> what kind of is, is that something you thought a lot about? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just try to make good pitches mm-hmm. and, and try and get guys out, um, whether it's f- to contact or not. Mm-hmm. I find that the better pitches I make, you just have, have a better, right. better chances of them missing it. Mm-hmm. So, if if I'm locating a fastball early in the mm-hmm. game and they want to be aggressive and swing at it, then um, that that that's that's up to them. Right. And and if I locate my pitch. Mm-hmm. And they're aggressive, and I jam them. That's that's a quick out for right. me. And um, if they take it and it's a strike, <laughs> now I'm up 0-1, right. and and I can decide where go to from go there. from there. So mm-hmm. it, it for me, it's really come down to being able to locate the fastball and and get ahead in the count. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your teammates yep. and, and your fellow pitching staff. Uh, yep. Adone, he's having a strong year. Pagero's on yep. the mound tonight. He's having a real strong year. Yep. Um, Jake Irvin's been really good the last four or five starts. Yep. So what do you see in your teammates? Um, you know, what's your what's the rapport of your staff? You know, what do you see out of those guys? What do you like um, by watching them? Well, I I think as a, just a staff in general, n- just n- not not even um, the starters like right. the relievers too. I think I think we just mesh really well mm-hmm. as a team, and I think everyone comes to the park mm-hmm. really willing to learn and get and get better. And and there's not really one person on the right. team that's kind of like not not happy to be mm-hmm. here. I think we're all we're all pulling in the same direction, mm-hmm. and and I think each and every one of us are getting mm-hmm. better at something, right. pretty much every day. Right. And um, uh, Mac being mm-hmm. being his first year here, right. um, big league pitching coach right. for Cincinnati Reds, he's right. been a big help too. Kind of, he he he's he showed us what it's like to be a professional mm-hmm. and how to go about our business mm-hmm. in a professional way. Um, so yeah, I th- I think I think we have a, like something special going right. on here. And um, is there anything you that one of those guys does that you might you know you kind of look at and wish you could do or you kind of pick their brain about it all i mean they're all righties obviously so it could be it's a little different but is there like one one pitch or one you know trait that they have that you kind of wish or kind of want to work towards i mean um 
they're, they're all great pitchers, right. but going back to what I said yeah. before, you kind of want to work on being the Be best, be, being the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, Adon's got a great fastball. Yeah. Pagero's got great poise on the mound. Mm -hmm. Irving's got really good location with his fastball. Mm -hmm. He's lanky. He's he he's got a good pitching body, and he mm -hmm. he delivers it pretty well too. And and even Alastre, when when mm -hmm. when he's on, he's he's great too. So I mean, I mean, yeah, I I I just I just like being a part of a staff cool. that 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 likes to come to the mm -hmm. ballpark every day and, and likes to improve because mm -hmm. that's, that's, yeah, that's what the goal is that, here that for is sure for sure is. yeah you want to be surrounded by guys mm -hmm. who have the same goal as you and who mm -hmm. want to win so so you're from from connecticut yeah um so this this weather um it's 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 not much of a shock to you i assume uh it's been nice yeah it actually has been a pretty good pretty good spring so far um you went to yukon your yep. uh, first on their all-time strikeout list, still, I believe. It's probably huh. gonna be broken pretty soon. Oh, is it? Yeah, probably by Mason Feely. He's, All right. he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, you can have it for now. Uh, was was UConn always a school for you? No other question or uh, any other options or? Growing up in in Connecticut, I wanted to go down south where the weather was warm. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Understandable. I, mean, I, I got injured my junior year, so I kind of prevented a lot of looks from mm. from schools down south. But UConn was always was always one of the schools I was interested in, mm. and um. And turns out we <laughs> come February we're right. traveling down south anyway, yeah, exactly. so so it didn't it didn't really matter. But I was I was happy that mm -hmm. um, UConn UConn offered me even when they knew I I I, I was hurt. So I was really grateful for that, and I'm very happy. Mm -hmm. I have no regrets going there. For at sure. All. So who did you uh, who were you a fan of growing up? Who did you watch? Uh, favorite pitcher maybe growing up? Favorite teams? Uh, I guess I guess for my location I was a Red Sox fan, okay. um, but. Favorite pitcher to watch? I was really young when when Pedro was around, mm. and and when I was younger, I'd rather play the game than actually watch it. But <laughs> as you grow up, you kind of get more of right. appreciation for the game, and mm -hmm. and now that we play it, we know how hard it is, yeah, and right. and and we have a great appreciation mm -hmm. for the guys who are actually doing it in mm -hmm. the at the highest level in the for bigs. Sure. But um, Pedro was a great was 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 really fun to watch. I wish I was a little bit older. <laughs> when, Catch when, him in when, his prime. Yeah, mm -hmm. but um. Uh, Lester too. I like mm -hmm. I like watching John Lester. Right. Um, was there anyone um, in your life when you were younger playing baseball, little league, whether or whether it was little league or, or, or middle school or high school, that kind of um, inspired you to to pitch, or were there any other position options for you? What kind of drew you to the mound? Um, I guess I guess it was just that I was I was good to start mm -hmm. out, yeah. and um, and and I enjoyed winning, and mm -hmm. I enjoyed competing. Mm -hmm. Being on the mound, you have control, control of, of all that, and yeah. pretty much all, all the stuff that's going on in the game. And mm -hmm. I, I really like that as well. So, um, I, I loved I loved pitching. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed playing center field too and hitting. <laughs> I kind of miss hitting a little bit, but maybe maybe we'll get to double A soon and get a few <laughs> bats in. But um, but yeah, I I just, I, I, I love pitching. Mm -hmm. um, since I can remember, I was I was pretty good. I always always been competitive on mm -hmm. the mound, so. That's that's pretty much what drew me to it. All right, man. Well, it uh, sounds like you got a pretty great mentality, a pretty great approach on, on the game and pitching itself. So appreciate you taking some time out to join us, and uh, good luck tonight and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thanks to Patrick and Tim for hanging out with us um, right before a game. So, again, we appreciate their time. I know especially for the manager this time of night is, is pretty busy. So, again, it means a lot for him to, to sit down and chat with us for 20 minutes. Over the summer, I plan on visiting a few of our other affiliates. Um, whether it be uh, another trip to Harrisburg with Matt LeCroy or checking in with Potomac or a phone interview with the guys out in Fresno. So um, be on the lookout for those episodes. 
Uh, Nats are back in town this Memorial Day weekend for a quick homestand, just a four-game series with the Marlins before heading back out on the road to face Atlanta in Cincinnati next week. So um, it's Friday morning as we post this, which means tonight is Fireworks Friday, so be sure to check out uh, Nats Park for those fireworks. Saturday, Marvel Superhero Day, the first 10,000 fans get a Captain Zimmerman bobblehead. Sunday is Kids Max Scherzer Day uh, to the first 10,000 fans 12 and under, and Monday is Memorial Day. So if you're sticking around uh, the D.C. area this weekend, check out Nationals Park uh, for four games against the Marlins. Visit nationals.com slash tickets for additional information. And thanks for listening, Nationals fans. We'll see you next time on the Curl W Live podcast.